When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, Cracked fans, to another edition of the Cracked Interviews podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. As we've alluded to on our other shows, this offseason, our Crack Rackets team attempted to speak with every Power 5 men's and women's head coach employed throughout the college tennis world. We asked each of them about their team's respective 2021 seasons and what we should expect from them here in 2022. Of course, we also offered them a platform to share their thoughts on some of the big picture topics in college tennis. It is a fantastic series that our team is ecstatic to finally start sharing with the broader college tennis community over the next six weeks. Fans can expect no fewer than 10 episodes a week to be posted on this feed. A huge shout out to our friends at Tennis Point for their support with this series. Remember, go to tennis-point.com right now. Use that promo code CR15 to express your thanks. With all of that said, we're ready to get to today's episode. So Westoff, hit those credits. Let's start today's show. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Joining us on the podcast once again today, a returning champion here on our Crack Racket shows. You may know him as a former Olympian, a seven-time pro title winner on the ATP Tour. Of course, nowadays, we know him as the head coach of NC State Men's Tennis. Welcome back to the show, head coach Kyle Spencer. Coach, how are you doing this morning? Uh, doing great here in uh, San Diego. Uh, excited for the guys to get going, but uh Great to be back with you, and uh, I love that. I love that intro. Maybe I can have you behind me all the time. <laughs> Every time I walk into a recruit's uh, house, I mean, that would be fantastic. I say it to every coach I speak with, if you're ever looking for a volunteer, you can do worse than me. That's all I'll say. You can definitely do worse than me, and so I'm happy to do so. I will be your hype man. I think that's my natural role. <laughs> yeah, But, of course, I feel like, you know, we have been fortunate to have you on the show a couple of times. Have we explored the 2000 Olympics with you, what it's like to get to be in Olympic Village and just enjoy that aspect of, you know, again, being a pro tennis player? That's one of the pinnacles. That's one of the, you know, crowning achievements, right? every player goes after yeah I don't, I don't think we have talked about it too much I, I don't talk about it too much but um yeah it was a great experience it was uh you know a lot of things had to fall into place um for that for that to happen on that year and 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 they did and so it was uh it was amazing it was an amazing experience amazing to be you know I, I don't think as tennis players we think about playing in the olympics as compared to somebody who's in track and field or a traditional olympic sport 
So I think it was one of those uh, really special moments. I'll never forget it. I'll never forget walking into the um, to the Olympic Stadium. Um, I, I remember. I obviously I, I only only got to play one match, um, and it was uh, it was a brutal first round. We played uh, Kafelnikov and Safin, and Safin had just won the U.S. Open, and um, you know we played a very good match. I think we broke broke Kafelnikov to love to start the match, and I, I, I thought we were. We we're headed for for a medal, but, um, but no, it, it ended in the first round. But it was, yeah, it was amazing. I, I, you know, I was I was warming up on the, the track outside the Olympic Village with this guy Haley Gabriel Selassie, who was um, really famous long distance runner, uh, world champion, and uh, funny story. He was he was I, I was doing sprints. I was out of the tournament. I was getting ready for the the next event after the Olympics and. He was basically doing his beginning warm up, and my sprint and his beginning warm up led us to run at the the same pace. So that was that was a pretty funny ex- experience. But yeah, great, great, great time, and uh, something I'll never forget. That's for sure. Kafilnikov won gold that year, if memory serves me correct, right? In singles. Yeah, yeah, yeah he did. He did. It was. Uh, yeah, it, it, he was. He, he was hot and. Safin was hot, and uh, it just we just ran into the we just ran into a, a really tough team. Uh, they they didn't medal in the in the doubles, so that shows you sort of how we how we were at, at what level we were. At. <laughs> yeah, no, that's ridiculous. I feel like Kafilnikov is one of the guys we don't talk about who is really really good. Late nineties, early two thousand. I think the last guy to finish number one in singles and doubles in the calendar year. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, that, that, that's yeah. Perhaps that's a podcast for another time. I'll ask you about you know nineteen, twenty year old Roger, who I think made semifinals that two thousand Olympics as well. I, I got to ask you about that now. Did you? Could you be like, oh, who's that Swiss kid with the thick eyebrows? Like he's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I I actually practiced next to him, so I okay. I practiced with a guy named Tim Henman, who was four in the world and mm-hmm. uh, was on our team uh, along with Rizetsky, who I think made a U.S. Open final, mm-hmm. and he practiced. I was funny enough. He was on the court before me, practicing with Henman, and then Henman wanted more practice. So actually, <laughs> I came on with uh, Cowan, doubles partner, practice with with Henman. So and then later got to play Federer in in DC. So. Um, yeah, I knew he was going to be very good. Yeah. Yeah. No, that is awesome. And again, it speaks to your experience. It speaks to why you are so well-suited to have the job you have now. And of course, uh, that's what I want to explore t- on today's show. I want to talk about last season, preview what fans can expect from NC State in 2022. Uh, I think we have to start with the record. And I tell every coach this before the podcast, you know, you guys are allowed to swear at me. This may be the moment you do it, coach. Uh, obviously, you look at the record, what you guys... Uh, uh, on paper, 11 and 9, given the expectations, what you guys were able to accomplish at the start of 2020, probably not the result you were looking for at the same time with all the impact of COVID. And I know your roster took uh, had a particular impact at different points of the season, all the various injuries as well. What are your reflections when you look back on 2021? Well, n- number one, it was, it was great to play. I think that was, you know, wins or losses. I have an expression with the guys. And, and we talk about uh, say okay, what's the what's the best thing you can do in 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 tennis? It's winning a tennis match, <laughs> and and then uh, number two, and and guys don't believe me, but it's really true, and it and it's losing a tennis match. <laughs> and they say, well, coach, how, how how can that be? And I just said, well, 
every time you get to be in the environment, it's a privilege. It's an amazing uh, feeling. Uh, it's an amazing feeling to be able to compete. Um, so, so yeah, so number one, the, just being able to compete, um, not having a fall. I knew we were up against it a little bit. Um, but season-wise, you know, we, we came in, obviously, you know, the kickoff, which uh, we did the show for, um, you know, we got we got through Alabama and then we played Tennessee and really, really weren't weren't really in the match. Um, they were and obviously, you know, uh, hindsight 2020, um, you know, they just they just were better than us at at just about every position besides number one singles. Um, and and that was probably the case for a lot of Tennessee's opponents last year. You know, they had a, f- a wonderful year reaching the semis of the of the of the NCAAs. And so, you know, the, you know, I didn't I didn't take too much from that. I just knew that they had a really good team and I felt like we had a team that just wasn't there yet. And we were going to need, you know, six weeks, seven weeks, you know, something like that to get to get into full swing just because of just because of the fall, to be quite honest. And so um, the record is the record as as uh, a lot of uh, famous football coaches will will tell you. And so not for the guys, not ashamed of it. you know, uh, the back end of the season was was very difficult. We had three guys and and we had three starters um, go down with with COVID. I think we missed the match with uh, with Baylor. We had the, we missed the match with uh, UNC. We missed uh, we missed the match with Duke. We missed a, a non ACC match with UNC. So there were there were a lot of things you know, that, that hampered our ability to, to even play. And, and for that was, was disappointing senior day. We got uh, one of the guys back, uh, Alexi got to play senior day and, and, and obviously wasn't right, but at least he got to play. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the most bizarre things uh, happened. I mean, we played NCAAs and we, we needed that match to, to, and it was, it was going to be fantastic. We we're going to play Liberty, who was a program on the rise and we're having a great season and we were so excited to play them and then they couldn't play. Mm-hmm. And then Florida Gulf Coast, we were supposed, okay, at least we're getting a match. And, you know, I think we were probably heavily favored in that match, but then they couldn't play. <laughs> and so we went in, you know, to the NCAA match against South Carolina, very rested. <laughs> um, but uh, not not as sharp as as we uh, would have liked, and not having sort of a, a full strength team. And credit to them, they did a great job, and we had a very good match. Um, but uh, and that sort of put the capper on the season. But um, proud of the guys, proud of like you know what they had to go through. I mean, we were we were on the road. I remember we went to Georgia. And getting there, it was 35 degrees outside. We're eating the meals outside, you know, on the, uh, we weren't allowed to eat on the bus. So we're eating a meal in 35 degree weather with cars zooming by. And um, then I remember we played, we played Georgia on their four courts and a six and a half hour match, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, it was just one of those, it was just one of those things where in terms of the, the big wins that we're used to having, we just we just really didn't didn't have those and uh, and uh, you know and to, to to be fair you know you know we, we did some we did some pretty cool things as well you know we we played pretty strong in the ACC we made the 
ACC semifinals, which has kind of been our kind of benchmark the last few years. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so that was that was good. Um, but but overall, just the I think the I think we were just appreciative to be able to to compete and anything past that uh, would would have been gravy. So um, mm-hmm. I know a lot of other teams and I think you I think you kind of saw I think you saw what everybody would allude to is the the Big 12 and the SEC who did mm-hmm. get to have a fall and who who had probably less restrictions um, in terms of uh, schedule and travel and and all of that and, and being able to play the fall and play against each other definitely had a, a clear and distinct advantage but by the end of the season, things started to, to even out a little bit on, on that regard when, when everybody got to play. No, no doubt about that. And, you know, with all of that said, I agree. I, I don't think the record is reflective of how good your team was last season in particular. You know, that's a brutal kickoff weekend. The fact that you guys are sort of the team Tennessee showed to everyone, no, 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 we are going to be very, very good this season. And I am curious with hindsight being 2020 and you know that's the year i'm going to refer to 2020 here the start you guys had to the 2020 season was the start of the 2020 season you guys were the story you win at michigan you went at virginia you beat texas at home for three and you know one of the matches of the year having had that success during the 2020 dual match season then to not really get to see the guys in the fall not to, to have you know the full off-season training that usually goes into a fall season does 2020 at that point become more of a burden or a blessing for guys during the course of last season having those sorts of expectations of yourselves of like look when all the chips were even in 2020 we were as good as anyone and we still think we are that and for some you know it's just the injuries the do the frustrations I guess build up did that play a role in anything last season uh I mean if I'm speaking honestly I would say I would say not not a burden mm-hmm. but but definitely uh, uh, a place where you can look to and then say when when all things being equal and guys are playing that that we're we're in the conversation mm-hmm. you know uh, if I have to be quite honest I think we play we played Michigan that year um, at Michigan maybe Michigan not quite as ready and I think I oh, think, I remember, Coach. As you know, I remember. Yeah. I think I think we, you know, we played a, a heck of a match, and uh, you know, Fenty had as good a chance of beating Alexi as Alexi did of beating Fenty. You know, Terzak is is uh, is has a come from behind uh, win um, down there at five, and and uh, we had a uh, a really close doubles point. So I mean, you know, that could be a loss. Uh, you know, at, uh, at when we beat Texas, we come from break uh, a set down in two of two of the matches. You know, and uh, one of those being Ito, who hadn't really even lost. Um, and then Virginia, uh, you know, Virginia was a little bit down. Uh, you know, we beat them on the road. We hadn't beat them in a while, and they were they were a little bit down. And um, and we knew that, and 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 we took our lumps at the national indoors. So not, I wouldn't say we were we were a great indoor team. We were a decent indoor team. Um, and, uh, and so that was kind of like what I thought was, was the beginning of, of sort of our elite level being able to compete and, and be relevant, you know, so to speak. So, um, but, but then again, we had a lot of things had to go our way yeah, and, right. 
just like every team, you know, I think once you're in the once you're in the top ten and you're winning those matches, I mean, you look at Texas when they, you know, last year or whatever, the the amount of uh, four three matches they won, and and they were an elite team, but I mean, almost every one of those four three matches they could have lost. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I think uh, I think I don't think it was a burden. I just think that they knew that there was a level that they could get to. I'm not sure that that uh, they really believed that they could get to the the like the level of mm-hmm. of being a top you know five uh, inside top 10 team last year I don't think they deep down knew they had the preparation to be able to do that sure. um, but then again if we you know if we snap Georgia on the road you know maybe things are a different a different deal I mean these one these four three last match on against the perennial sort of powerhouses blue bloods you get one of those and and you get a little steam steam uh behind your back and you and you get going so we just never had that one you know we didn't i don't think we took any you know we didn't take it take any quote bad losses mm-hmm. um i thought we played the league uh really strong uh where we were allowed to mm-hmm. um but uh, not having the match against duke not having the match against north carolina twice and not having the match really with a full full uh lineup against uh against wake forest was you know that 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 kind of that could have put, put a damper on the season for sure mm-hmm. no absolutely and again i do want to move towards 2022 talk about what you guys have coming in this season but uh last question i want to ask about the 2021 season and i know you're a guy who obviously prides himself on his doubles performance you can coach up doubles as well as anyone 14 different pairings last season i know part of that's a byproduct of injury a byproduct of COVID absences but is that too many teams? And obviously for you guys, you know, the doubles point was something you did so well at the start of 2020. Is that something you're honing in on as you start to, you know, obviously you guys have a doubles team reach the fall national championships here. And I'm talking to you as you're in San Diego. Is that been a focus for you, you know, this fall, just getting the guys back in the NC State double system? Yeah, I think with, you know, I didn't realize it was 14, 14 parents. Um, that's, that's quite funny when you, when you bring it up. Um, yeah, I, I, look, you had to put things together that, 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 that maybe didn't make sense or were, were option B or sometimes option C. And so we'll leave it at that. We'll leave it as that, that was the COVID year and you had to do what you had to do. Sure. Um, this year has been great. You know, we've, we have, uh, with five new guys in there, um, almost everybody. I, I feel like we've got uh, eleven. We've got eleven guys on the team. I feel like eleven guys are absolutely good enough. And it actually is, to your point, going to come down to the pairings um, and the synergy between those those guys and who who does the best. I mean, the team. Funny story. The team that we have here, Rosens and uh, Van Sambeek, um we were playing a, uh, we had a UTR tournament at, at NC State mm-hmm. and Chris, uh, our assistant, he, he uh, you know, runs the tournament and puts it all together. And um, he had a, uh, for the Sunday, look, if you're not in the single semis, you know, anybody can sign up. Mm-hmm. And so we had uh, uh, about eight teams sign up and uh, the team that was here, Rosens was in the semis, so he couldn't play with, with Fawns. And so uh, Fawns entered with 
with uh, Joe Wayan, uh, another <laughs> freshman, and they won the tournament. And, I, you know, silly coach that I am said, hey, you know what, we've got the regional coming up. I've already entered everybody, but, you know, I'm probably pretty sure we could probably make a, a an adjustment if you guys want to play together, because that was that was pretty good level. Yeah. And uh, both guys went, oh, let, 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 let me think about it. And they both came back and said, no, no, we got to stay with our, we got to stay with the guys that we committed to, which I thought was was very noble. Um, I don't know if I, I would have done that, but, but yeah, so, so, um, so they stayed together and, uh, uh, the, obviously, you know, uh, Fonz and, and, and Marty had a great, great showing at the regionals and just missed out on the final and got the at large and, and the other team actually was doing great and made the, made the round of 16 and, and lost in a match tiebreaker to make the quarter. So, you know, sometimes, sometimes us coaches don't, don't know everything you know <laughs> well evidently it was a successful regional for your team as you guys do have uh now you're i mean you're at the the ita fall national championships and not every program can say that and you know again that brings us to 2022 where we're at now entering this season and the big I suppose, storyline for NC State, certainly from the media side, is you bring in the number one recruiting class. According to Tennis Recruiting, as you mentioned, five freshmen coming into the group highlined by, uh, headlined, excuse me, by Blue Chip Braden Schick, uh, who, of course, a North Carolina recruit. You always love that. You got Joseph Wyan, another five-star from North Carolina, Damian Sylvester, I'm going to say, hopefully I got that right, uh, of France, Luca Say it for me, Staley? Staley, there we go. And Fonz uh, Van Sambeek. Those are the five freshmen you bring in. Part of this series, and listeners by this point will be well aware, we're interviewing uh, I'm interviewing all the Power 5 men's and women's head coaches. I want to give all of them the opportunity to give me the recruiting pitch. Now, in this particular instance, I'm getting pitched by the number one recruiting class in the nation, so I feel special in this moment. But, Coach, give me the pitch. How'd you get these five guys to buy in? Yeah, I think, you know, five, five guys with five different stories. Um, you know, it was, uh, it's, uh, each one, you know, you know, Braden Shake's got a brother on the team. So that, that's your, that's your in right away. That's not so hard. <laughs> Joe Wayand is from, from Cary, North Carolina. And, and, and that's just down the road. And so he gets to, he gets to watch us all, all the time and he sees what we're doing. And, um, so, so that's, those those two are like you know you got you got an in there the the others are just are, are guys that that we saw that we highlighted that we liked you know Fonz was um, you know was really dil- diligent in the process um, his brother played at uh, UNCW mm-hmm. um, North Carolina Wilmington and was a very very good player and um, and uh, had come out uh, very early in the in the process, uh, just to kind of tour and see what what each program that he might be interested in was doing, and uh, he his goals and 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 how we train really aligned. He's a worker, and we like to to, to work pretty hard. And we, we want guys that love playing tennis, and and so we had that. And then uh, and then the last two guys, uh, Luca and uh, and and Damian, were just just high level players that. You know, we, we felt that that we could help and had pro pro aspirations and and you know going through that that whole thing, it was uh, you couldn't have a visit with those those two guys. All, all three all three of the other guys in in Fonz and and Braden and Joe, you know, were, were had had been on campus and the other two guys and 
you know, had, hadn't been on campus. So it was just kind of really talking about the things that they, they were trying to achieve in tennis and where they thought they needed to improve and how we could help them. You know, I don't, I don't know that we could help everybody, um, but in terms of what they needed and, and what we could provide, it was a, it was a good mesh. And I think relationship wise, they, they understood that we had their best interest uh, for, for the long term. Um, and I think that's what they were looking for. And so, yeah, so as a, as an incoming recruit, so you want to play, you know, on our team, you can, you can look pretty easily at the five new guys coming in and go, okay, am I, am I as good as those guys coming in the door? Can I improve? Can, oh my gosh, I get to play with great players every single day. And, and, and in the middle of God's country of North Carolina, like, how, how do you beat that? Um, <laughs> I but, like it. No, the pitch works on me. I take it. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a it's a sharp color of red as well. Like if you can rock it well, it, it's definitely a good look. Uh, I am curious because I know you're a guy who likes to get into the nitty gritty. I know you're a guy who likes to attend the matches, watch the players. How frustrating was the recruiting aspect of it? Not only just the dead period, but to not be able to go out to these events and see players. I was at this year's Kalamazoo. It felt like a homecoming for all the coaches. Yeah, it was really uneasy. Yeah, I was really, I'm, uh, like you said, yeah, I'm a nuts and bolts guy. And, um, I, I think I have, uh, the ability to be able to, to, to have a good conversation and see what's inside. And then, you know, a, a lot of the, a lot of the telltale positives and negatives, um, uh, of, of players are, are demonstrated when they're under the most stress. And, um, and, and that's usually during competition. It's not usually training. Um, so being able to get out and, and watch those things and watch the mannerisms and the habits and um, how they prepare and, you know, all the small things, I think the small things add up to the big thing. Um, you know, you're, you're kind of taking, you know, a little bit of, uh, I would say, a calculated risk, uh, as I'm sure all the coaches feel like by not being able to to see the guys and see them in their elements. Um, so, yeah, that was that was extremely difficult. Um, but uh, happy with the way it turned out, and uh, we'll see come uh, come spring '22, like uh, the, the the fruits of not only their labor before they came into NC State, and then the the, the fruits of the of this fall for sure. Mm -hmm. And speaking of which, obviously, uh, again, the regionals have been played out. This ITA National Fall Championships, the final event of the season. But as you alluded to earlier. You actually got to work with the guys this fall. You got to be out there with them on court. You got to see some of them in the summer as well. That was not the case last year. How helpful is that? What have you seen from the guys so far? Uh, so so helpful. I mean, that's, you know, uh, I don't know what we have, 25 dates the NCAA <laughs> gives us, you know, and, and about, you know, 200 something something days of practice. So, like, to me, that's, that's what I love. I love the... The, the practice I love uh, getting into you know where the where the strengths are how good the strengths are you know where the breakdowns are you know how guys handle things and you know we got 11 guys so you know it, that's uh, that's one of those where it's a little it's a little tricky in terms of okay this is a you know long-term project in, in on on this stroke or or this game style or, and this is a quick fix and this is a wow look what we have here this is amazing um so yeah every i feel like every day i'm i'm learning more and more about them and and then and then the team as a whole you know it, it, even though even though we had no new players um from 
from 19 to 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 20 you know that was still a different team it was mm -hmm. and 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 this team is no different this is a diff much much different team than than last year's team um and so yeah it's been it's been a a, a challenge um making sure that uh, everybody is individually you know getting what they need and then uh, from a team from a team bonding and team team sort of goals and 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 a synergy they've been unbelievable i mean they do things on their own together i mean they eat dinner together the whole team basically every single day mm -hmm. um like just things like that that we've never had before um at nc state so very close knit team, a team that's going to for sure fight for each other, which is, you know, maybe if you're looking at uh, a list of most important things that might be up there at, at number one, for sure. Mm -hmm. And obviously the freshman will be something all of us are watching for because you never know what a freshman's going to look like until you get to see them compete for the first time. But I'm curious about some of the re returners as well. In particular, you know, two guys I would have circled uh, just to watch this season are, you know, a guy like uh, Barkai, who we know much about here as college tennis fans. And then one other guy I would circle, a guy competing here this weekend is Rosens. And, you know, you look for him. He had so much success in 2020 at the back of the lineup, particularly number six singles position last year. Just felt like he was never healthy enough to really find his bearings uh, in the singles lineup throughout the course of the year. And again, with a team so young, inexperienced, but with plenty of talent, it's going to be incumbent on the veterans to help drag these freshmen along, get them ready for those three all environments, no ad scoring, full pressure, third set, all eyes on you. What have you seen, not just from those two guys, but from the returners here this season as they try to you know, coax those freshmen along, get them ready for the dual match season? Yeah, um, you mentioned Marty uh, Rosens, and he, he's been amazing. He's mm -hmm. he's just a guy. You know, people. These are the stories that people don't don't know about. I mean, he hasn't been home in almost three years. Yeah. Um, he hasn't been able to go home. You know, his parents are very worried. You know, he's from Latvia. Um, they have. I think he told told me on the plane ride over here that, that Latvia right now is ranked number one um, in. Uh, and uh, COVID deaths and COVID uh, positive cases for any country um, percentage-wise in the world. So he hasn't he hasn't gone home. So he's he stayed here. Um, he stayed in his apartment. He's actually one of the guys that 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 uh, you know was injured, was sick uh, last year toward the back end of the season. But uh, what he's done this year is is it's pretty amazing. He's playing the right level of tennis um to to compete for a, a an upper lineup spot for sure um uh, we, we'll see if he gets gets to that spot um but his level has gone way up you know he's never factored in the doubles before and all of a sudden you know he's he's winning doubles matches and and so that's that's quite a a, a positive thing um nobody more professional nobody working harder than him um so that's that's been great um you know, I, uh, Barkai, you mentioned, you know, the guy just comes every day, you know, to practice and, and puts on his hard hat and says, coach, what do you need me to do? You need me to, to get these guys ready in the doubles. Do you need me to get them ready in the singles? You know, he's, he's had some, he's, he's a guy that's had some lingering, um, uh, injury issues that, you know, hopefully we've got under control, um, uh, by now, but, uh, obviously he's played at the top of the lineup in the, in the doubles the last couple of years, um, and, and has factored in, in the singles. 
Um, and then the, the, the freshmen for sure, we, you know, be remiss to, to talk about a couple, you know, Colin Schick and, and Joe Schrader, who just, you know, when they came to NC State, they, they weren't ready. They weren't ready and being on the level. Um, but both guys have, have, you know, taken, it's taken a while, but both guys have put, put themselves in a position to, to grab, you know, you know, a spot here or there. Um, and then uh, the, the big piece that, that we've been missing um, is just been Rafa. Uh, he's easy care though. He's the, he's the guy, he's a guy that, that um, is a, is a really high level player and um, just, just, for whatever reason is just injuries have fallen, you know, for, for him. And he's out uh, right now with, um, with another injury. So he hasn't really been able to play um, basically the whole fall and competitively, which is, which is disappointing for him. I know. Um, but I mean, gosh, darn it. The guy comes to, comes to the practice, gets the bike out and is biking. He's doing this, He's doing the court sprints. He's doing everything he can so that so that when when he heals up, he's he's going to be able to to play. And the guys have a ton of respect for him. And so, um, yeah, it's just uh, it's 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 been an interesting interesting process, that's for sure. And then with the with the young guys, uh, I mean, the competition in the practice has been amazing, and nobody wants to give an inch. And and so from a dual match perspective, you know as a coach you like wonder you know how how things are going to be i have no it's one of the few times i have no no thoughts of like oh i wonder if everyone's gonna be too nervous to play or and these guys compete so hard um you know that's uh, I, I know whoever gets to gets to play and and that's a that's the underlying where it gets because i think everyone's deserving um are, are going to go out there and lay it on the line and be super excited to be in the environment of of uh, high pressure college tennis. So, um, yeah, pretty, pretty excited. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. And, you know, again, I have some big topic questions I want to hit on before I let you go. So my final question about your 2022 team, is there any guy we're not talking about that you think we will be at the end of the season, a guy you've seen, and I, I know you could point to all of them, but if I ask you, give me one, uh, obviously when you lose a guy like Alexi Glarno, someone's got to fill that hole. Someone's got to be the guy in the lineup, whether it doesn't have to be at one singles, but you know, it always helps to have a guy that sure thing point. Who are we looking at this year? Yeah, I think you, I think you have to look at, you know, one veteran, one and one freshman. I think you got to look at Robin Catry. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, amazing, amazingly enough, you know, he, he went through, he played down in the hidden duels in Florida, um, and, and played three very, very good matches. Um, it, you know, uh, he, he's just changed his level, you know, he's gone, gone from being a little bit of a, maybe a more defensive style player into a, a really offensive player. You know, he's six, six, he's got the big serve now. You know he's got the big shots. He can he can definitely play with with the nation's elite for sure. Um, you know, really disappointed. He got sick um, the day of. You know, woke up the day of uh, of the All American and it felt like he would have made a big splash there. But he's working his way back and uh, so yeah, he's he's a guy you know towards the top of the lineup who I think you're going to see make a huge impact. And then and then Braden Schick, I think he's. He's a guy, you know. He's he's battled a, a few lingering um, uh, health issues, but uh, but he'll be ready for the for the start of the season. And he's just a guy that just loves to compete. He just wants he wants to be out there. 
it was fun watching him play against Bignell and, and when, when Bignell was playing for Florida um, <laughs> at the beginning of this year. Um, and that was, that was fun. And, you know, he played a guy like Jake Beasley, who's a, a veteran and, and then also a guy like Yamada at UCF. And for those three days, it was just great to see him, you know, transfer his game from the juniors and then into uh, a, a more, not, not more competitive, but, but uh, uh an environment where he's going to play bigger, stronger guys. And, uh, and so that was, that was exciting. And so, yeah, I think, uh, we're, we're pretty excited. He played, uh, I think last week he played Connor Thompson, um, really tight and in, in, in the regional. And so that was, you know, I think it was like four and a third or something like that. So, you know, I think we, we're pretty excited about, you know, sort of where he is, where he, he can go, uh, more from his just competitive side, but, but also because he, he works so hard. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. And again, you have a guy like him and guys like Lexi in your program. That brings me to my list of questions for you here. Um, you know, again, some of the big picture items facing college tennis. College tennis is a pathway to the pros. I think now more so than ever, it's been proven. And you look at the numbers, and I know I tweeted this out a couple of weeks ago. I still think the numbers 11 guys with college ties right now in the ATP top 100 in singles. You feel that way still? Again, you look at the talent, and obviously right now we've got five years of classes uh, of students. So there is a plethora of talent in college tennis, literally. But has the talent? Con- does the talent continue to improve? Does the pathway to the pros become that much more easy? Yeah, I, I I definitely think it's a, a pathway um, to, to professional tennis. There's no doubt. I mean, the numbers support it. Um, I think that people forget that uh, you have to be pretty darn unique to, to 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 make it in in professional tennis. And if we're if we're giving that as the top 100 um, ranking, as if as, as that is making it, I mean, there, there are a lot of things that go into it. So there are a few different pathways and, and ours is just one. There's no, there's no doubt about it. And, and uh, I, I truly believe in this day and age of just how physical our game is at the top level of professional tennis. I mean, it does take time. You have to be, I mean, the guys like, like Felix and Dennis and uh, Zverev and uh, Sinner, uh, Al- Alcaraz, I, I mean, these guys, these, these people don't understand how hard it is to do what those guys are doing at their age. It just really is. It's just a, when you say phenom, that that's what it is. First and foremost, like athletic phenom, like, like you cannot be in the top 25, top 50 at that age playing that many matches. If you're not athletically gifted, forget about stroke production, forget about strategy and things like that. It's it, it, those guys are phenoms. Um, but but you know what the the check at 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 35 in the world cash is the same for the phenom and for the 29 year old so i think people you know get lost in 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 that part of it um so yeah so to answer your question long long winded answer but yeah for sure for sure it is no that's the answer i'm looking for because again it's the match play and you know it, i was joking around with someone we're recording this as the fayetteville 15k is going on and ithaca is happening as well fayetteville could literally just be a baylor practice like the entire baylor roster is there this week and you know i think 
uh, our friend John Parsons, contributor here at Cracked Rackets, sent out the stat. There are five top ten men competing in Fayetteville in the ITA rankings, and I don't think there are any competing in the singles in San Diego. But I think that's also the trade-off you have to make because, yeah, we don't get to see those guys in the fall, but we're going to get to see all of them in the dual match season. And I feel like you have to allow those players the opportunity to go play those pros. I also think, moving forward, and you know, you guys have the carry challenger right by and plenty of pro opportunities in North Carolina between yourselves, uh, Wake Forest, all these teams sharing the love. Is it almost essential at this point to host a challenger or an ITF 15, 25K on campus to be competitive? Like not only from a recruiting standpoint, I feel like all the schools have it now. I don't think it's essential. I I, I don't. Um, uh, I think it's helpful. Sure. You know, I think, great, I get to play a pro tournament in my backyard with courts that, that I get used to. You see, you know, Inyaki at, uh, at UVA this week. Mm-hmm. You know, that, I mean, part of that success is because, the you know, obviously he's improved and, and he's in a great trading environment. He's also at home, you know, on his home court. So, I mean, I think that's, I think it's definitely helpful. You know, I think if you asked probably Ty at uh, uh, Ohio State, uh, you say, look, you know, these guys are winning challenges, but they know the, the courts and they're so comfortable here at Ohio State. And, and, and so, yeah, yeah. Is it is it beneficial? Yes. Is it helpful? Is it is it imperative? No, it's not imperative. I mean, if you're good, you're good. Yeah. Um, so but it just it's just one of those weeks where you don't have to go and fly somewhere or drive somewhere um and 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 spend a ton of money mm-hmm. um because most of the guys that you know most of the guys are is it's not the it's not the college programs that are that are taking them to these to these tournaments a lot i would say a majority are are, are guys that are, that are spending it on their own dime and saying yeah i want to play this week um and the coach is like well you know i i get that but uh, we you've got eight other guys over here and they they get that um, and sometimes it is, sometimes it's part of the, the team calendar and, and, and that's great as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I think we have to have these tournaments. We just don't, we don't have to have them on campus, but sure. it does help. Yeah, no, that, I think that's a very fair answer. And, you know, again, one of those other tools, I think that could be a draw for right now in particular, highly ranked Americans, but hopefully in the future, highly ranked international players as well is the incorporation of NIL related laws and players being able to profit off of their name their image their likeness is that another pathway again is this just another tool in incentivizing top juniors and top players come to college tennis put some money in your pocket before you have to go travel for seven months on the itf circuit where are you at with all things nil yeah i mean the the rules are the rules so you know if 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 you have i i think it's i think it's a, a a positive situation in the sense of uh, take out the recruiting part of it and all of that, but it's a positive situation that that the kids, uh, American kids, um, are able to if they need it, you know, and are lucky enough to you know develop relationships that that can help them do these types of things. I think it's another. It's just another added added bonus. I mean, the thing about it is is going to, you know, playing in our American college system you're not losing money because of it. I can tell you that, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, you're, you're only, and if, if you're having, if you're getting NIL deal on top of it, fa- fantastic, but you're not going to lose it in comparison to going and playing the futures and the challengers on your own. 
you know, with with because nobody's getting contracts. Nobody, you know, professional tennis does not work like that right now. Um, so these guys that are signing out of college are not getting anything. So, yeah. yeah. No, it, it, again, it's it just feels like a tool, and with the right coaches will find a way to make the most of the rules. You're right; you play within the rules, and this is just another per- potential incentive point uh, for coaches to offer. Uh, now, again, I have a bunch of rule changes and just some things to think about here down the home stretch before I let you go. Some of them a little bit on the funky side, some of them a little bit more serious. Let's start with one of the serious ones. Last year, the wave the 500 rule. And I do think that was noticeable because, again, from a scheduling standpoint, you head coaches have to maneuver those two things, making sure you're 500 or over to qualify for the NCAA tournament while also ensuring you're providing, you know, the Georgia matches, the Virginia matches, the Baylor matches to your players to play the best of the best in the country. Are you fine with the 500 rule being waived forever? Or are you a fan of it? Uh, gosh. <laughs> I, I I think the 500 rule should 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 not should not be in there. Okay. Um, from where from the chair that I sit in. Okay. Make the case. Yeah, I just there are so many great matches that you can play, and you can play. You know, whether it's in your region, whether it's in a in in a in a formatted tournament structure, whether it's um in your conference um you know playing home and aways within your conference um i'm not sure the 500 rule um encourages all those types of matches because we know the how do i word it the the margins are very thin Sure. Uh, in terms at the highest level of college tennis, they just are. And so four, three, four, three matches, last match on situations, they're just, they, they, they're just going to happen. And, and, and the margins are not, not so big. And I think if you have a team that's deserving to be in the NCAA tournament, regardless of their record, they should, they should be allowed to be in it. Um, you know, if your team, if your team takes a bunch of injuries and and doesn't account for the tough schedule by filling that in with matches that you pretty much know that you're they're kind of developmental matches you know that that your team is much stronger and you don't do that and then you put your your team in the position of being under 500 um for for sometimes competitive reasons and for sometimes injury reasons I'm not sure that you get the best field um, by doing that. So I don't know. I, I, I think you can go both ways. Mm-hmm. But I think if you ask the players um, uh, at all the levels, mm-hmm. um, I would I would imagine that they probably wouldn't want the, the 500 level and uh, the 500 rule and let the coaches themselves dictate what schedule they feel comfortable playing. Yeah, 
I, I think that's fair. And how many every coach you play or every coach you talk to says we want our team to play the best possible you know matchups. And would we get more NC States, Ohio States, or USC coming to Michigan if it just you know that wasn't something you had to consider using one of your twenty five competitive dates on that match? And so I do think it's interesting. At the same time, it does incentivize you know Power Five versus non Power Five conference matches. It makes them just more likely to happen. So it's an interesting discussion. That's why. I I, I like hearing from all these coaches. The other thing I found, and in particular speaking with the SEC coaches who got to experience this last offseason or last fall, hidden duels as preparation in the fall for the spring dual match season. And, you know, again, what are we hiding? I'm not sure. It's just a dual match. It's, uh, you know, yeah, we don't record it as team versus team, but. Every SEC coach, and I keep referring to this example, said we all knew Tennessee was going to be awesome because they kicked our asses all dual match season long, hidden dual match season long. Should hidden duels be further incorporated in the fall? Is that something you'd like to see more of, or do you just anticipate? I feel like that is a byproduct of the COVID years. Like we will just see more hidden duels in the fall. Yeah, I think I think they should. I like it. Mm-hmm. I like it. I like it. From it's like uh, the one we played in Florida was was fantastic with UCF and South Carolina and the Gators. I think it was I think it was fantastic format especially for us at the beginning of the year was just to see where where guys are at, challenge them, you know, within a position or two of where they're probably going to probably going to be, I would say or at least what we think. Um and then and then for us like we played it we have, you know, five freshmen playing and they got to see what a dual match felt like. Because they had six guys playing up and down there. Oh, this is what, oh, okay. Here's my focus. Oh, I, I keep looking over. I can't be doing that or whatever it is. <clears throat> Learning how to cheer in the middle of the match. I mean, I I thought it was really good, Alex. I I thought, oh my gosh. I, and I told Brian, I said, look, you guys hold, you guys have one of these again. We'll be down here. We love it. We loved it. And, and it was three really good days of, competitive tennis the right level as opposed to maybe you know what you get sometimes in a in a fall tournament is the better guys uh, play for a day and are not as challenged and the guys who maybe are further down your lineup um get stuck you know playing somebody you know maybe above their level right away and don't get the quality matches Mm-hmm. And so there's a there's for sure like a, a balance in 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 that regard. Um, but I, I love the format. Uh, I would do it again as long as you know. My big thing is you know I always want everybody to play. Yeah, so yeah. you know I uh, bring my whole team and then and then all of a sudden you're you're only playing against you know four guys of their team and you know as the as long as it's done the right way I I, I think it's I think it's super beneficial. Mm-hmm. No, I agree with you, and I like hearing and seeing those weekends of. Yeah, three. You know, we were down in Knoxville for Tennessee, Columbia, Pepperdine, and one other and Kentucky, and yeah. They went again. It felt like dual matches, and I I just think replicating that is so important in the fall. So certainly, I expect to see more of those moving forward. Uh, Again, just a few more here before I let you go. Warm ups. I have noticed the first few games of doubles. They're always a little sloppy. And, you know, you you don't think about it in the moment, but after you do the team huddle and you stand there for the national anthem, all these various things, it's about a 10-15 minute wait between the last ball hit in warm-up and the first ball hit in doubles. Now, I don't think we should bring back the singles warm-up because at that point, I don't think you need it. But... 
The idea of throwing in a three to five minute warm up before the first ball of doubles is hit. Let the guys get loose, get the nerves out. Also, the scouting report in warm up is a time honored tradition in tennis. I wouldn't hate if they brought back a you know two to four minute little hit before doubles. Where are you on that? Well, the the reason it was taken out was just so that we could start on time, and <laughs> you had the you know hopefully you have a crowd out there, and so you're able to garner the interest of the crowd. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, people would be like before it's like, oh, well, it's three o'clock, but it's really like three ten or something like that. And then three ten goes in three fifteen and like half the doubles points over. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I could, I could see it. I could see it. Um, one minute, two minutes, like <laughs> or I, even I, just serves and returns just like, let's yeah, get loose when, again. Yeah. I, I like, like from a, from a player welfare standpoint, probably staying warm. Mm-hmm. It's, probably, it's probably not 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 a bad idea. Mm-hmm. I've also noticed it's always a twelve oh seven crowd. The crowd's never going to be there directly. Yeah, you know, you're always so you, you could throw in the two minutes of serves and returns. You may actually get them uh, to show up on time. But no, yeah, again, it's it's interesting, and they have hit for forty five an hour. They usually they're loose heading into those early matches. But the other one, and I think I have mentioned this to you before, but we'll see if you've changed your stance. The coin toss. It's a missed opportunity. I think you scrap that before the match. One point. Drop and hit, head coach versus head coach, winner decides the serving arrangement on every court. Tell me the crowd's not in. Tell me the coaches aren't in. Coaches are not in. <laughs> and that's from majority majority standpoint, I'm, I'm pretty sure. I'm sure there's a couple goofy guys out there. Yeah, um, yeah as a competitive uh, situation, I don't know that I, I uh, would would be like afraid of it, but uh, I, think, I think there are a bunch of coaches that that wouldn't wouldn't like that yeah um, the rule would be if you're over 50 you can have your assistant play what is if you've never played college tennis are they they Ooh. have to yeah, yeah well that makes it that much more interest this is what i'm yeah. saying is how is it not yeah. just interesting than yeah. like heads or tails yeah um yeah I, I i think the tennis speaks for itself i don't <laughs> i don't think you need, i don't think you need a bunch of old guys or old women out there um going out there trying trying to to recapture their youth Uh, i think that i think we could we could pass on that there are some matchups i would very much like to see like uh trip phillips rodidi point like one point winner take all because you know or i'm in on that i like i would watch um and so i'm in or if he's playing bowen again i think they probably played in college or on the pro circuit we've seen that matchup you've seen those matchups so i'm in on that but yes, I don't think it's happening. I also don't think this is happening. But just to emphasize, uh, home court advantage, make sure, you know, parity is enough, I suppose, with the no ad scoring, but lawless lineups. So away team submits the lineup beforehand. Home team gets the matchup however they want. Just again, who doesn't like upsets? Who doesn't like parity? Probably all of the coaches. Terrible. Terrible idea. <laughs> Look, I I like to be told that I'm wrong. I think, yeah, that one's never going to make it. Um, NCAA champ wildcard to the U.S. Open. Should it go regardless of nationality? Now, of course, that's a USTA question, but I'm curious where you you are on that stance. Yeah, they'll never never do it. But, um, you know, it used to be like that. Did Uh, it? Yeah, I played played in uh, 97 for the— You got qualifying because of finals or main draw? No, no. It was just for a main draw. Oh, that's freaking and, awesome! Uh, yeah, I lost the I lost the finals in '97. Um, <clears throat> Luke Smith 
Mm-hmm. So interesting one. I played with a guy, George Bastel, who you might remember. Sure. Pete Sampras at Wimbledon. After and, of course, being Luke Smith, UNLV, correct? Luke Smith, UNLV, Tim Blankeron. Yeah, um, of course. Uh, UNLV. And so uh, Luke and George played each other in the final. Luke won. He got the wild card into the main draw of the U.S. Open. We played the doubles. UNLV won that. They got the wild card. In the, so it used to happen. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> But, uh, and I don't know why it changed. Maybe it was a USTA. We only want the American players to get it. But, um, but yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a huge carrot if it's, if it's, you know, internationally, uh, that, that anybody could get it. Um, I don't think that it, it changes the quality of the, of the draw. Maybe you get the Cameron Norrie playing the NCAAs instead of going over for, for Wimbledon, but he had a, he had a main draw wild card there. So, um, but I, I do like the idea that every everybody has an opportunity. Mm-hmm. Uh, but totally get why the USDA wouldn't do that because people forget in the in the rest of the world uh, they they there's, there's no there's no um, you know if you win a a French uh, na- national university tournament or something they're not going to give a wild card to Roland Garros to to to, to an American that's for sure. Not yet. Not yet. There's still time. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Forward thinking. That's what we are yeah. here at Crack Rackets. Last two for you. Lexi. Obviously, I'm in the Lexi Glarno top 200 by the end of 2022. You got to see it firsthand. You know the talent. What do you expect? To, what should we expect to see from him first couple you know, months, years as a pro? Yeah, um, just a, a guy, first of all, that, that loves it, mm-hmm. um, that is understanding – his way on how he needs to be able to do things out there, what his body feels like week to week, um, what surface he's going to play on. You know, he just played in South America and he played, gosh, he played a, a good match. He played the guys, uh, Servandulo, um, uh, basically in the guy's backyard in terms of, you know, South America, clay court, center court, you know, and he played, he didn't win the match, but he played a heck of a match and he was in there from the beginning and fighting and, you know, he had a he had a he beat Altmaier the week before, who was you know almost I think he's 100, 104, something like that. So the level is good. It's just stacking results. Um, unfortunately, at that at that level, it's just it's about results. And uh, and I think he's the he's a guy that that will have the results. He just needs to have the consistent results week after week. Um, but uh, he's definitely good enough. Uh, he was good enough when he was, you know, a junior in, in college. You know, he beat, I think he beat Michael Moe, who was 100. He's, he beat the DY in Houston. Um, you know, he took Karlovich down to the wire um, to make the semis of Houston one year. I mean, he's his level is good enough. He just has to play, a, you know, he's never, he's never played a full season yet. And so if he can play a full season, stay healthy, You'll you'll see him you'll see him in that in that ranking area where he'll, he'll have an opportunity to, to to be a pro you know and mm-hmm. and um, you know people always ask me you know you know what 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 constitutes a professional uh, in tennis can you can you pay your 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 mortgage can you pay the car <laughs> can you can you pay the insurance you know when you when you're off the when you're off the uh, subsistence from from others you know that's a that's that's being a, a professional in terms of you know, you wouldn't have an accountant go in and go, well, yeah. you know, honey, I, uh, I got the 40, 40 K of, I lost 40 K this year, but, uh, I'm a professional accountant. Uh, no, you're not. Yeah. Um, Oh, 
So that's a that's a big deal, and uh, it's a if you as you've seen, you know, with a lot of our guys going out there, um, they're good enough week to week, building, 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 keeping keeping healthy. It was great to see you know Vegas and 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 see all those those young guys in there, and and uh, seeing JJ win that that was fantastic. Um, so yeah, I think you see J- Jerome as we talked today. Jerome is. Uh, is uh, I think in the quarters of Paris, I think. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, these guys, these guys are, are good enough. It's just, it just takes the way the tour is set up. And, and right now, especially with the COVID points, not, not all coming off just yet. It, it's just going to take a little time. And, but uh, if you're good enough, you're good enough. Yeah, I agree. And as a fellow AG, let me just say we are good enough. And so I, I'm a believer yeah. uh, in Alexi Galarno. Last question for you. When fans watch NC State this season, what do you want them to be the takeaway? Uh, them, their takeaway to be, excuse me. Yeah, just a, a, a young, excited, energetic team that's going to lay it out like every day on the line. They're going to enjoy the personalities that are out there. They're going to know that they're getting, uh, you know, one through six one through three in the in the singles and doubles lineups they're going to get just just a bunch of uh guys that are going to battle that have personality that love the game and 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 love uh, being at nc state and and uh and and being one of the the, the elite programs mm-hmm. no absolutely and as always i am so appreciative of uh, your receptiveness to what we're doing here at crack rackets it's always a pleasure for us to get to call an nc state match always a pleasure for us to have the chance to speak with you i'm sure this will not be the only time we do it so this season so coach spencer thank you so much for joining us on the show today be safe be healthy good luck to your guys obviously this weekend in san diego and we will talk with you soon thanks alex thanks for having me appreciate it of course yep take care